your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by James Boyman and Ryan Williams. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the American Toffee Podcast. James here, joined as always by Ryan. We are coming to you following Everton's 1-0 victory at the Emirates. Uh, Arsenal's first home loss to Everton since January 1996, ending a 24-game losing streak for the Toffees at the Emirates. It is also Everton's 10th away win of the season, which has to be a record or the first time in a really long time that we've equaled that. In addition, uh, first time doing the league double over Arsenal since 85-86, Ryan. So a day full of milestones and a day that the Toffees now move to, or rather remain in eighth place, three points off joint fourth and fifth, Chelsea and West Ham. Over to you for your instant reaction. Still no gunner source. Um... R.I.P., yeah, right. no, I, I think instant reaction is very simple. I, I don't necessarily think we deserve to win the match, but let's go back through the last four matches. Ultimately, you know, at Palace, we created way more chances, didn't win, got the tie. Brighton, we probably served to lose. But again, we had five healthy midfielders like that's not Spurs again, outplayed him, should have won. Got the win today, so that's six points from the last four. I guess if you played it out like it deserved, it would have been seven. So sometimes you just take it, man. It's a funny game. We've had four games in a row where I don't think the results came out the way they should have been, but that's kind of how it works somehow. So yeah, I disappointed the second half performance, but um, I liked how he came out. Uh, you know, it, it was a strange game, I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I feel the same way. It was uh, dull at times. I think we kind of struggled with the pressure, especially contrasted with Spurs and complete lack of it in the prior match. Yeah. But as we start to get a little healthier, um, some more options. I mean, to me, there was just a gigantic decor sized hole in the midfield today, even with the guys back that we had really lacked a little bit of pace and energy willingness to, to or ability to get up and down. But a little bit of fortune in Leno's individual air Bill Buckner moment for him for all the uh American baseball fans out there uh, and, and look three points is three points we get the yet another away dra- uh, big quote unquote super six quote unquote big six gigantic air quotes uh, monkey off our back in terms of winning away and uh, we just are still in the thick of Europe this if we hadn't won this it would have been uh, pretty much done and dusted for the season we cling on to hope Ryan for yet another week. Yeah, we take it. Uh, no one got the sore prediction right, which is a little strange, I yeah. thought. Um, but I did think at the beginning of the game when they started doing their typical counter-pressing stuff, and we'll get into tactics in a second, very predictable stuff, uh, that we might give one up, but we held true pretty well. Um, and Watt Dog also got his prediction wrong, and it was, and for how long Delph lasts? I'm going to say 11 minutes. Nope got in there and he lasted and he came in and saved the all right he didn't really come in and save the day <laughs> all at all right, calm but, down all right it is what it is but uh you know we did win and and the thing is when you see the lineup came out there were some kind of curious elements to it um but we're mostly uh we're still missing some key guys though but we've got a lot more guys healthy now where we should have been able to kind of play the way we wanted but Arteta plays in a very unique way. And I think we kind of approached it. Okay. At, at the beginning, I think. Yeah. At least uh, the team was able to arrive, not being blocked by the outrageous protests going on, not outrageous warranted protests going on outside the Emirates by the Arsenal fans. Cronky uh, out, which we uh, stand in solidarity with, or at least I do Ryan. I don't know what your thoughts are, but uh, yeah, it was crazy scenes. I mean, you could hear them over the broadcast outside the stadium all match long. And Everton returning close to full fitness here. We had uh, Pickford staying in the lineup. We had Coleman back in off the bench from uh, the Spurs match. Keane apparently didn't train all week, some kind of leg injury for him. So you had Godfrey and Holgate as the CB pairing, which I know, Ryan, you weren't thrilled about the prospect of. Um, But we also had Andre Gomez come in for Tom Davies. Calvert-Lewin basically back in for Wobie at striker and Delph and... Mina both returning to the bench. So one keeper on the bench, Ryan, for the first time in I don't know how long. 
it's a miracle hey uh yeah that was nice to see and no 17 year olds there that have never really touched uh you know nathan broadhead wasn't our big threat from the bench shockingly yeah. enough despite certain individuals calls for him you just gotta shake your head at that one um yeah, Arsenal was definitely shorthanded, though, and that's what I yes. think when you came in here, you thought maybe we'd put our stomp on them a little bit more than we did. Um, you know, Abba's out due to malaria. Um, that's a pretty common thing in the modern world these days. No, uh, Lacazette was out due to a hamstring. Um, I think they had to take him off against Fulham, if I was correct. So Chambers is at right back. It kind of pushed Saka up a little bit higher playing in front of him. Pepe was on the left. He was a problem all, all match. Uh, Gabriel came in, I think, against Fulham did not fare particularly well, but Mari has been the pairing with holding now for a bit. So that's kind of been the combo. So that was no surprise. And yes, Grant Xhaka is still playing left back. Yeah, it's just the problem with this is Arteta wants to play out of the back, and we'll talk about that in a second. I'm not so sure that these are the guys to do that. Yeah, Thomas Barty kind of sitting deeper than everyone else. I don't know if that's the perfect use for him. And uh, Danny Ceballos, who... <laughs> Just, you know, not my favorite player were the kind of two defensive mids sitting behind uh, Smith Rowe and Keita up top uh, because of the missing center forwards. And you look at the bench, too, and there are a couple weapons on there. Odegaard, Wian, and Martinelli, who I think is a very good player, um, did not make the starting 11. Um, but, yeah, let's talk about their their tactical setup is what you would think. Lots of playing out of the back, lots of short passes. Tons of positional play. Uh, if you know what that means, that's kind of Pep's big thing where he divides the pitch up in a fairly unique way. And his kind of general rule to facilitate movement and proper spacing is, you know, no more than three players in the same horizontal zone and no more than two in the same vertical. So when you watched Arsenal, they attacked a lot on the wings and you saw a lot of movement. That's in essence, those players moving in and out of those zones uh, to try and make those equations always work out and they do have some design passing plays and um that's why you see that's why pepe and soccer are so important for them um and you saw a lot of that today to much more effect on the left than the right um and for us we were you know four two three one kind of like we've been set up for a while but with a couple different people in there yeah we had obviously uh Gomez and Allen kind of sitting slightly deeper. James actually ended up occupying a more central role. Gilfie got pushed out wide left quite a bit, kind of in like the half space area. And then Richarlison actually on the right, which we know uh, is, is not his favorite position, but what the situation demands, obviously Calvert-Lewin ended up extremely isolated up front. But I think that uh, Alan did a really good job protecting the, the back four and providing that sort of, outlet from deep our tactics were like uh night and day almost because we started going long quite frequently early and then almost decided that we also wanted to play out from the back for large stretches of the second half and that uh that didn't go so hot but we'll certainly touch on that shortly just to get into some of the uh, distribution stats and other things i mean we had a very balanced attack today ryan actually surprisingly yeah it was never really all that consistent i mean it was really such a tale of two halves um yeah. We were defending so much in the second half. We were defending in a 4-4-2, um, which is part of the challenge because you've got Gilfie, who actually did a very good job defending on the left side, and Richarlison outright. So I, I think maybe we may have wanted to start with kind of Richarlison playing closer to Dom and, and throwing some hoofballs up to him a little bit. Um, I actually think that would probably be the best tactic, um, even if that calls of lovely glorious days of yore a couple years ago. Um, but really it's the, it, it, sometimes I thought maybe because you knew Arsenal were going to counter press and, and really get on us. Sometimes it would have been better to use that outlet at times. It did kind of work a bit, but um, I, I think the reason for Andre being in there, that was the one kind of curious decision for me is really uh, on his good days. He's very press resistant. So I think there was some hope that between Gilfie, Andre, uh, James for sure, and Alon back there that we would have some success retaining the ball a little bit and, and dealing with their counter press better. I, I thought there were some mixed results on that one. Yeah, I agree. And if you look at just the way that the the ball was distributed throughout the match, I mean, 40% of the time it was in our third. Now you'd say probably a good portion of that was when we were in possession because we were happy to to pass it around the back. But Arsenal also had a good spell of sustained pressure in the second half. They did, And we only had it in their third 
20% of the match. So they were kind of, we were kind of on the back foot for a good portion of the match. It's true. Uh, the thing is when, when they, we did do some pressure early too, you know, it wasn't like we were, and, and it was effective at a couple different times uh, during the match and created some chances out of it. Um, when we were defending in that kind of four, four, two shape, I mean, we weren't necessarily in a low block, but it was pretty close. So uh, we were in essence conceding space to them kind of out in front of the 18, maybe at about the 30. And, and we, they were content to shoot from distance sometimes. And we were like, go have at it, Haas. You know, uh, I don't know why they were doing that. Um, and you saw them make some tactical changes in the second half where they started switching the ball back and forth because we were collapsing so much on either side. Uh, that was actually fairly effective. But yeah, I mean, they they seemed very content, at least initially, to try long shots. And that's kind of what we wanted, you know. Um, but I'm sure Carlo looked back at this one and say, man, he was pretty disappointed we couldn't possess the ball a little bit more. Uh, but that being said, getting into the match, um, I mean, there was some success early. You know, we had some pressure on them and we definitely had some chances in the early going. Yeah, so there were a couple early moments, mostly driven by Luca Dean. So in the 11th minute, uh, Dean wins a long ball in the air off of long Pickford free kick. Uh, Gilfie uses his body to shield and he plays that nice little ball right down the line. Dean is making the overlapping run, makes a one touch and, and swings across in for Dom running near post and heads it wide, but uh, voted pretty well. I mean, that's the area you obviously want Calvert-Lewin to get in. And then just three minutes later, Dom does really well winning a, a pass from Allen um, from deep. He chested to Gilfie Sigurdsson out wide to Dean again. And this is where that was uh, Dean tries to cross and it gets deflected by holding and, and gave Leno a lot to do in that situation. Yeah, that was tricky. You know, if your footwork's a little off or you jump off the line a little much, that thing's in. Both were pretty good, I think, attempts by, by Dean. He was probably our most dangerous weapon, um, you know, in terms of building with the ball. Um, I, I was actually pretty impressed on that first chance Gilfie using his body so well. He did it a couple yeah. of times today. You forget that he's a pretty big guy. Um, he's probably, you know, six, six, one at least. Um, and he's not a good possession guy, but he actually did a decent job holding it up a couple of times today. And I think in the past we have missed that a little bit. Um, boy, you love how Dominic Calvert-Loon attacks the ball. Doesn't don't you? I mean, oh, yeah. it was just so ferocious and it, it shows to show you it's really, tough to deal with um but those were decent chances you know at least examples of how we were attacking early um in the 17th minute arsenal definitely had a chance too but it was kind of typical of their chances really you know it was a shot that was deflected and kind of you know and it was again it was a deep shot by party dumb decision to try and launch one from there that wasn't going anywhere went on the ground got deflected and it kind of came back out and chambers crossed it in fell to Saka, and he kind of hit it straight at pickford he probably should have done better with that shot yeah. to be perfectly honest but i think it was on his off foot um and, and that was really kind of the extent of Saka's con contributions all match i mean i think he had a couple key passes but really he wasn't dangerous and he's been one of those th their most dangerous guys so it wasn't just dean going forward man he was We'll get to the numbers later. He was all over Saka and really it almost forced them to swing the ball and attack from the left uh, much of the match. Yeah, there were a couple of times Saka ended up like when he received the ball in the penalty area and he he got free a couple of times. But for the most part, he did a great job of bottling him up. And as you said, Ryan, I mean, Arsenal fans have been raving about Saka's performance all year. I know he's one of the a really promising young player and someone they're actually one of the few players they're really excited about in terms of the future of Arsenal. Dean seemed like he had something to prove today. I don't know yeah. why, but, and, and maybe, maybe he showed some people the best way to deal with them because he was very physical and very aggressive with him. Um, and, you know, Saka got around him maybe once or twice on the outside, maybe a little bit bad luck on that regard. But, um, you know, for the most part, he was on him. He was physical and John Moss can't really keep up with the play anyway. So, um, Oh my God. I, I mean, what a joke that guy is. I, it's, it's, it's just gotten to the point where you just watch and just know he's just going to miss stuff. It's simple as that. Um, I, I will say this. I think our best chance of the match probably came in the 28th. And, um, this is where we, we saw this a little bit today. We saw Alon. So when we signed Alon, we did a whole review of them as players, and the one thing that I think surprised both of us when we looked into the numbers is how many chances he can create from a little deeper. Um, and, you know, he was a box to box monster under sorry. So under Carlo, he played a little farther back sometimes, uh, you know, letting, letting Fabian Ruiz play in front of him. So, um, but he still managed to create men. And we saw a little bit of that today. I mean, Alon kind of carries the ball forward. Um, Richie kind of coming short and peeling off to make a run behind 
the ball that Alon played in there to kind of get into that channel was remarkable. I mean, it was, I mean, it was a little bit of a dipper, you know, kind of almost not really a chip, but hit hard and it slowed down and soft, but, but equally as impressive was Richarlison's first touch to beat Mar. And I mean, Mari, I mean, totally turned him around completely. And then Richie's on his left foot. Again, we talked about this. Wobie had a really big chance, you know, to steal one from Brighton and, we, you know, we're like, God, it's a really good chance. He gets credit for making the move and getting open, but he missed it. He was on his left. Same thing with Richarlison here, though. But I think Richarlison does a lot better. And Lino makes a pretty good save here. And then Dom overruns it, too. I think if Dom's just, you know, if he's just not so excitable about it, shows a little bit more composure, he probably just heads it back in and whatnot. I think this is a pretty good save. I mean, for his off foot, it's a decent strike. Yeah, it's a really it's really well hit and, and can't speak highly enough of both the pass from Milan, the run from Richarlison to, to lose his man that way. And so clever, behind. really clever first touch does the man in no shot. Mari has no shot and, and it's really well struck and a low hit at Leno. He does well to get to ground to make the save. And, you know, the reckless abandon <clears throat> that we just praised of Dominic Calvert-Lewin uh, kind of, you see the yeah. other the other shoe drop there when he goes in a little too hard. If he waits, is patient, waits for the deflection potentially, uh, he might get that. But uh, yeah, I agree. Those probably are our most clear cut chance for sure of the match. Little unlucky, little unlucky on that one too. You know, because you want to be aggressive going after it because if it scuttles by him to the side, maybe sure. it's on you. So it's a little bit of bad luck. Um, and then there was a big moment I think in the match on a couple different accounts. So Party gets as a terrible foul and gets a yellow in the thirty eighth. Um, it's a free kick and it's it's a little bit farther out but sometimes those are better in terms of getting it over the wall and getting it down Gilfie, i thought took this pretty darn well you know it, it dipped um off the crossbar if it's two inches low lower i mean is it in i, I think lino should have been able to have it but he kind of jumped a little bit early on it either way for a second i was like oh geez that might go in yeah, I think that's probably his best free kick of the season for us, uh, at least in terms of shots. He's taken several, he's kind of struggled to get them on target, and we know how long it's been since he's actually scored a free kick. Has uh, he ever scored even, one? Has he ever scored one in a blue shirt? I, I thought he scored he, one against right, what Brian. Blackpool in like preseason. That was lovely. Yeah. Uh, remember when yeah. Paul Joyce was loving the fact that we were down three nil to Blackpool? Remember that. <laughs> Yeah, that didn't work out uh, so well Paul for Paul. Joyce, but well, I mean, you know, now he's in the doghouse. But yeah. So. Yes, indeed. But yeah, so it was the yellow on party in the free kick, almost a goal. And then like almost immediately after he yeah. fouls again, party and it's in another dangerous area. What do you think? Could have been a red, but it, it would have. It, I mean, I, I just have never. There's a lot of fouls at that point, though. I mean, yeah, how, I was. think that was like three or four fouls at that point. So no. So you wouldn't give him the second. I've never seen a ref give back-to-back -back yellows in that short order for, you know, unless it's extremely egregious, it was a foul. It was in a dangerous area, but I don't think it was uh, quite deserving of a red. I mean, there were a lot of John Moss jokes. I could jump in on this one, but we're going <laughs> to let him go. Yeah. Not, not a red for me. I think that would have been too harsh. Uh, the game was, if we'd have known how dull it was going to be later, maybe we should have rooted for it, but spice you know, it up a little bit. There you go. You know? Uh, and then in the 46th, um, this one was pretty interesting because I think Coleman was off sides, but uh, this is another one where Alon kind of sprays it wide rice to Coleman. Coleman dashing forward, lays it off to James. James kind of takes it into Richarlison. And let me tell you what, Richie's done these a couple times recently. His little through ball there for Coleman to run onto, he hits it at first and you're thinking, oh, it's out of bounds. And it just has a little bit of backspin on it and it settles. Yeah, nice. It was like, oh, you know, so nice. it was like a little low wet, you know, sand wedge or something. Yeah. Um, and it just checks up. And I'll tell you what, Coleman makes a pretty good play. Because, I mean, when you're there on the on the touchline, you're thinking back on the ground of the 12. That's the one you always won. And Gilfie knew it. And he, he ran in it. Maybe his angle could have been better. Maybe he could have pulled off a little bit. Uh, I think it was holding who kind of made the deflection off. But man, it was pretty close. Like you could see that going in. I mean, he had a much more difficult one um, last weekend, a lovely one. I think Coleman was off sides, but you know, you, you you felt like maybe going into halftime after that one, like, hey, maybe we've cracked the nut a little bit here. Yeah, certainly, I felt like Everton had much better chances, even though the uh, possession was obviously way in favor of Arsenal. Um, you know, I think we had like seven to six shots in favor of Everton in the first half, but 
Uh, Arsenal made some adjustments at halftime and came out much improved for the second 45. Yeah, I feel like that might have been our last shot. Uh, I, I know that we didn't register a shot on goal from the 48th minute on. So it's eight shots, or pardon me, shot period. Although I'm not, not entirely sure that's true because, I mean, I mean, the goal is not a shot. But I thought we had a corner that got deflected earlier that was a questionable handball but, or later. But that's another story. Anyway, it was eight to zero in terms of shot attempts. That's, that's not so good. Uh, I mean... The last corner for us was like in the 49th minute. So yeah. there weren't, we didn't generate a lot of chances in the second half. And, and frankly, they came out early, switching the ball a lot, were more aggressive, committing numbers a little higher up the pitch. And um, we did not do a good job dealing with it. I mean, you were hoping that Dom would maybe have been more of an outlet. I think we continued to try and force you know, the build up through, but when you're all sitting that far deep, it's really hard to get out of your own end. Uh, and they were more aggressive and took it to us for a while until that fateful decision in the 50th minute. This was kind of a bit of madness in terms of a play, I think. Yeah. One of the craziest plays of the season, probably. So it starts with a, a Danny Sabayo switch to Callum Chambers, who's kind of lurking in the half space outside of the box. And it's a, it's a big cross to the back post. Uh, Coleman f- does like a back flick back oh, to yeah. Ceballos. Ceballos has it in the penalty box, not really threatening to score, tries to cut it back and uh, gives his best bid for a potential Oscar with the acting job, which Arlison gets a foot in. And there is quote unquote contact. Barely. It's extremely minimum. And he goes down like, you know, he just got his leg. I think the announcer on the broadcast said like he was been poleaxed, which I thought was really nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. And of course, John Moss immediately points to the spot. Um, and then it goes to VAR and I'm thinking, okay, they'll review this. They'll pro- probably give him a, you know, some sort of simulation card, walk it back. And it turns out they're not even reviewing the penalty. They're reviewing the play for offsides. And it turns out he's offsides. Now, I've already heard all the critique on the VAR offsides rule. I'm I'm frankly totally sick of it. Yes, we know. If they don't get the frame right when the ball releases his foot exactly right, the precision on the back end doesn't matter as much. But guess what? They're doing it the same for everyone. And there's no argument about it the way they're doing it. So, look, if your only argument is, oh, well, it's off by a millimeter, you're missing the point. That's more accurate than the ref would have it be. So stop complaining. Now, if you want it to only be stuff that's clear and obvious and you want to eyeball it and do judgment, that's fine. But but let's be honest, ever since VAR has been put in, the English decided to do it their own way. Now, maybe that's the PGMOL's attempt to sabotage the whole thing. I still think that that's actually probably a valid theory, but it is what it is. And it's fair for both clubs. So we can cut that out. But but look, what's missed on this whole thing is the absolute disgraceful dive. Yeah. And, and I still I still really believe if you want to get rid of this garbage from the English game, because I keep hearing how in England we don't deal with that. And Graham Sonus's calls for, you know, his anti-Latin whatever garbage that he's spewing. But but let's be honest, if it is truly uh, an element of the English viewpoint of game that this is not OK, then take it out. Exactly. I mean, no league gives fewer simulation calls than than the Premier League. I, I don't know if I have the numbers in front of me, but. You know, I watch all these leagues and there's nothing like it. Guys are flopping all over the place. And guess what? It ain't guys like Danny Sabalas either. You can make a whole laundry list of English players that are constantly on the ground, whether it's Callum Wilson, whether it's Ruben Loftus-Cheek, whether it's Jack Grealish. I mean, I could make a laundry list of them. And, And frankly, if I'm them knowing the state of affairs and officiating and what's called and what's not, I, well, I'm, I'm a little more, hopefully a more self-respecting person, but I don't blame him for doing it, yeah. but it's a disgrace. I mean, it's absolutely, this guy is a classic though. He did remember all the garbage he was pulling he again. It. He should have been red carded against us. The first match. This guy's a complete flop artist, a diver. He do he fell over in the box at one point. Like he got killed. I mean, I remember Holgate, like literally just tossed him at one point in the first yeah. match, which is beautiful. Oh, poetic justice. Yeah. He, he, somebody else is a, is a disgrace, honestly, and they need to upgrade him anyway, but I, I don't know. What is your take on this too? Because First of all, Holgate made a pretty bad play, frankly, to even make it close from an offside standpoint. 
a little bit of a nature of his lack of kind of discipline and concentration at times, I think. But but what's your take? I mean, fair, not fair. Does it matter? Do we just move on? Are people just making too much of a big deal about this VAR? I feel like it's a narrative every match for no reason. It's I just think in a game that's always been uh, there have historically been these errors. And it's so close that when you zoom in, it makes it obviously it's hard. People have a hard time accepting the precision that comes from a single screenshot. And I think there's been that sort of adjustment that I think us as Americans are more accustomed to given all of our sports have had instant replay for a long time Um, in a game that is as uh, fluid and, and kind of ephemeral at times as football. People have a hard time with sometimes the black and white nature of things, but in terms of Ceballos and any player, because, you know, let's, let's be honest. I mean, we've got guys who go to ground a little easy at times too, but it's, it's frankly on the PGMOL and the other authorities in the game to disincentivize it. They currently incentivize it by rewarding the behavior. Yeah. What and I so hate you is need to stamp it out. Why can't you give a, re- a yellow on this? This is the one rule. I've never understood that. If you go in and look at it and you determine that they completely exaggerated and flopped. And in this one, they should have reviewed it and said, you could say technically there's contact. But I mean, I'm sorry. The simulation at the end of it, in and of itself, even if you call penalty, should be a freaking yellow. It's an absolute disgrace. That would be Nias, Ryan. Umar Nias. Right. Yeah. Go retroactively and give suspension. So I'll tell you why I actually like the rule with the calibration and all this garbage. Because it's guys in the truck and they're not even thinking about who's playing for which team. Don't get me wrong. It it is definitely the potential to be rigged, but you can see it. There's at least an attempt at transparency. And guess what? I feel like the decisions have not all gone against us this year. Because I agree. Lest we forget how it used to be, where I felt like we would get hosed all the time, whether it was just made up minutes at the end of the match, whether Alan Brody's favorite, uh, (laughs) or you know what I mean? Or just quizzical decisions that just went the other way, whether it's Michael Keane accidentally stepping on someone's foot that they call a penalty, all sorts of garbage. So as far as I'm concerned, it seems like it has been fair this year and that is all I've cared about. So anyway, we're belaboring the point. I will say this though, as part of the play though, the foreshadowing was kind of the big switch over to chambers and the half space from the left to the right. We saw that much more um, and it opened us up at times. It's hard to defend. You know, if you have guys in wide spaces that move and are skilled, it's it's tough to defend and that's a little bit how things went although ironically we almost had a penalty or at least what we thought was a penalty in the 54th right after that yeah it was just like almost immediately on the other end uh richarlison ends up getting free and firing a shot it ends up hitting off mari it looked like a handball the bench everton's bench shouted for one i shouted for one in my room and then on replay it was clear like his hand was at his side it really wasn't uh wasn't much in it at all Still, Xhaka trying to play the ball out of the back again. You know, yeah. it's not really a left back. And, and Richarlison did a really nice job to take it from him. I will say this too. Right after that, the, the 55th minute, Alon had a yellow. I feel like it was almost off. I don't know if it was a quick restart or what it was. Um, that I thought was absolutely atrocious. I mean, he barely touched Saka, the guy. Right? Yeah, Very Saka soft. just flopped over. He barely yeah. touched him. It's Alon's first foul, I think, of the whole match. I thought that was garbage. And that really hurt us. Because his, his you know, first of all, a lot of people think that he's just a walking red card. He almost never gets red carded. He almost never gets carded for a guy that's as combative as him. It shows you how disciplined he is about that stuff. And I think that's why every time you've seen him get a card, like I remember going back and watching all his yellow cards at one point, he gets so mad. Furious. Yeah. He yeah. Was you see how intense he gets. You know, shakes his hand at him and stuff. And, and because he, he believes that it was garbage and I thought it was, but that, that hurt us too. Then in the 57th minute, I think we all, our hearts all stopped to beat there for a second. Yeah, this was the uh, Chambers cross into like the six yard box. Mason Holgate deflects it. I thought it was in for like at least half a second. It turns out it went off the side netting. Very fortunate. Ends up being a good play. But uh, yeah, just a little too close for comfort on that one. And the thing was, at this point, they were dominating us to an extent, but they really hadn't gotten a chance or must have won. In fact, I think from the 25th minute, we had actually outshot them 77 to one at that point. Um, obviously they caught up with us, no problem, but that, that, you know, we saw poor play, but, and we had trouble getting the ball out and dealing with their pressure, but we didn't really concede anything. So once that happened, it was like, oh boy, we're in trouble. And then I felt like the heat really came on. Um, and you know, I, I, there was, you know, a a couple other different, different chances here and stuff. I'll tell you what, in the 63rd minute, Mason Holgate to me made a completely senseless challenge on, 
Pepe, I mean, absolutely crunched him. He was running parallel with him. He did not need to do that. It could have won it clean, could have shouldered him off, could have done a bunch of things. I know Pepe's not a small guy, um, but I think it was after the free kick when the ball dropped to Chambers, right? And he kind of fired it over. Um, yeah, he, he launched it into the ground and it went like 10 feet off oh, that's the right. crossbar. That's that's right. Yeah, you've seen those sometimes sneak in. They're tricky to deal with as a keeper, but I, I don't know what your opinions were on Holgate's play in general and that foul. Um, so Halif- at Halifax, Dave gave a take on it that I hadn't heard, um, but that's kind of wonder Dave. You know, he's a little bit, I mean, he, I think he, I mean, he knows a lot about the game and I respect his opinion a lot. I like that foul, actually. Pepe was shredding us, so glad we slowed him down. They do similar to Richie and Hamas. That's an angle. It's an angle. My problem with that is just the location of the foul. Like it's in a really dangerous area, creates a scoring opportunity. If you're going to do that, do it further up the pitch where they can't really threaten. And look, for all the things that we love about Mason Holgate, sometimes he can be a little bit of a hothead. Dare I say it? Like he'll make a foul like that. He'll foul a guy. And then he'll just kind of have this like smirk on his face which you love during a Derby and other intense matches like that. Sometimes it can come at a, at the right time to kind of set the tone, but other times it just comes across as like reckless and out of control. Yeah. We had some good takes on that too, because I think the problem is that last year he was better timed, I guess those moments. And, and I think he's better off to playing with someone like Mina or Keen, where mm-hmm. he's a little bit more freed up to kind of be aggressive and win balls. Cause he is very quick in his anticipation can be good going forward. Um, John Fletcher at John Fletch 24 Fletch F Fletch. What do you do? Mr. Fletch. I'm a shepherd. Um, I feel he's trying to prove something and tries too hard at times. And as a result makes poor judgment rather than letting things happen naturally. And then CT at C Torres, 2144 friend of the program. Indeed. Almost like he's trying to play with the same tenacity as Godfrey, except he's a bit reckless. What do you think? Fair takes, Hamas? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, you look at, at Godfrey, who who cruises around, but still is built like a brick house. And Holgate, uh, he's I don't know if stronger. He's, to, he's gotten stronger. Know, definitely. I don't know if he's trying to exactly emulate that, but I think you're just, frankly, I think Godfrey has uh, just upped the level that we expect from like our faster center backs in the squad before we we're, you know, it was Keen, Mina, and we had Holgate. And now we've got this other guy who's quick and agile and athletic. And it just kind of makes Holgate look not quite as good in comparison. I think, I think we all like his chippiness, his edginess, yes. you know, his fire, but yeah, there's a time and place for it. What I particularly didn't like about it is I don't want to begin seating corners and free kicks when we have no Keen and we have no Mina. Uh, that's not recipe for success, uh, frankly. And you saw how reliant we were on Dominic and, and Richarlison to defending some of those set pieces too. Um, but anyway, kind of getting back into the match to uh, 65th minute. This is another interesting one. Um, ball switch to Pepe again. Pepe was the one that was really a problem. And, and Richarlison had to double down and help Seamus quite a lot. And I think Richarlison's, we'll get into his performance later. He had some good defensive numbers. I think a lot of it was a result of this. Um, into Ceballos's feet at the edge of the 18. He rockets that shot. Pittsford, Pickford's up to the task. It was a good save. I, I didn't like how people closed down on him. Um, that being said, it, he didn't have the biggest channel to get that shot off. If he does really rip one and it tails off a little higher, I think he's got a chance of beating Pickford. So, um, but yeah, I really wanted to see someone close down on him again. Maybe they were afraid that he was going to dive if someone breathed on him. I don't know. Uh, but this was one of their better chances of the match for sure. Yeah. And at that point it was clear. Carlo had probably seen enough of the current outfit and he yeah. elects to bring back none other than the man who one of the men on the Everton squad who we all thought was uh, we might never see again. And that's Fabian Delph on for Andre Gomez on paper. It's a good sub. Well, let's talk about this a little bit. How did you think Andre fared today? First of all. Um, And at that moment, was he the right guy to take off? Let's talk about that in isolation first. Sure. I mean, I think I thought Andre was pretty poor to be honest with you. Uh, not his best day. I think he needs a haircut, honestly, get like a fresh start. Uh, it's getting a little like, you long. think it's the hair. He's like the anti Samson. Yeah. Something like that. I I'm think getting biblical to, today, to the, to the clean cut Andre that we saw when we first got him. Um, yeah. He just didn't have his best day. He's just too slow on defense and in a midfield with those other slow guys, he's going to really struggle to find open men. 
yes, his passing range can be good and he can be press resistant on his day, but today was not his day. No, he looked lost out there. I mean, every single time Alon kind of charged up to, to make attacker and, and be a more aggressive Andre was running, but he didn't look like he knew where the heck he was going. Um, he, he is just, yeah, I, I think the reason why he was playing is, is you got it right, you know, to be press resistant. But I think at that point, too, he had completely tailed off and he wasn't press resistant. He wasn't helping us build out. So it's kind of like, all right, well, what's the point here? Is he such a liability at this point? It's a problem. And Gilfie was having to defend a lot more, I think, as a result. Uh, and granted, they were doing a combined really good job. But that half space, I mean, you know, your center mid has got to help out there. And I just felt like you kept getting bypassed. Um, but do you bring? Let's talk about is Delph really ready to just jump in here? I mean, this is I know he's experienced. I know it's a big moment, um, but the guy couldn't even get his socks on. Right. So why did we think maybe Good that God. was the? can we talk? What happened there? How does that how does that happen? I need some sort of story about the socks, because obviously, like, these, it's not like these players are like, where's Patty packing? We got to get gym. Patty on. it. Yeah. Patty, Patty will have the scoop in the athletic tomorrow, I'm sure. I, I, like these players aren't packing their own gym bag to bring to the match like these right are, so someone gave him the wrong socks could we have like theoretically like john moss was talking to him about it could I, we I have know. been forced to forfeit could he have been like taken <laughs> off the pitch what are the rules about you would have had compliance it, yeah you'd have to change in the nfl he would have been fined so badly man wild and, and yeah. then of course he he just stunk it up clearly yeah, rusty I mean, he settled in a little bit at the very end, but oh my God, he had some of the worst touches I've ever seen. He had one left-footed touch. And officially, I'm like, oh, it's his left foot. Then I'm like, Ryan, he's left-footed. I was like, oh boy. I mean, the one he literally whiffed on and fired it straight up in the air. I mean, literally, it looked like someone was hitting like, it was like Phil Mickelson hitting a you know 64-degree wedge like straight behind it. Yes. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, I if I did that, I'd be embarrassed. Um, it was bad. It, yeah, I mean, look, I, I still think he's going to help us. Um, I agree eventually uh i he made it through 30 plus minutes though i think maybe but that's he the big story and he didn't do himself any favors with the uh large contingent of everton fans who have been furious with his repeat <laughs> injuries and he comes back and he just he passes it upfield to literally no one within 20 30 yards and then he and gets then, a yellow and then he gets it he got a yellow and then he got the yellow and then he does that, that. hurt us that hurt he that yellow was important too. him and him and a lot are both on yellows. You sub him in because he's frankly more, de you know, defensively, more positionally aware. I, I think a better player probably on his day for that point in time, because we were a mess and he gets yellow immediately. So it took all the aggressiveness out of him and a It was, a, I mean, what the heck, man, that was crazy. And I think it was the right call, but yeah, I just, I, but still, I mean, is that kind of on Carlo? I mean, I've never seen Delph look like that. Yeah, it was like comically bad. Um, and if it wasn't nil nil at that point, it might have, if we had the lead, maybe, you know, it was just it, not the ideal circumstance to bring a guy back. But to be fair, you know, Carlos shown a willingness to throw guys in in key moments. He threw JPG in just a few matches ago. That was coming off the injury. Mm. I know. And, and some of the subs, frankly, have been questionable this season. Fortunately, uh, it didn't end up making a difference in the end. The question one minutes. today, the question one today was Arteta's sub in the 74th. Explain that one to me. I mean, Pepe and, and Keita go off for Odegaard and Martinelli. Again, I like Martinelli. I don't think that's a crazy sub in isolation. Pepe was killing us. I mean, maybe yeah. Holgate, maybe Holgate dinged him. Yeah, I, I feel like that's the only logic there. Like he seemed okay after the <clears> tackle, but obviously something wasn't right because, you know, Odegaard, I think is a good player. Again, someone Arsenal fans have spoken positively about but it, the sub doesn't really make sense when he's giving you so much in those wide areas which is where we were vulnerable i think it would have been a different sub had he waited another minute because in the 75th True. is when we took the lead on a very strange play i think yeah this was a this was very interesting so we're still at this point basically trying to do the sort of play it out of the back short passes have our midfielders dropping deep alan receives it off pickford on a short pass right at the top of the 18 he turns gets a little token pressure that backs off he's just sitting there like okay you don't want to you don't want to pressure me i'm just going to ping it over the top he plays it to richarlison nice pass really nice pass and richarlison does amazingly well using his body putting his body between himself and jaka uh, to, to let the ball kind of run by him. He runs onto it and then rinses Xhaka with oh. a really simple, just outside of the boot flick, uh, gets in, 
And it's Leno again. He'd had a good game up to this point, but this one is going to give him some nightmares probably for the remainder of the season as it just goes right through his legs. And and it's not even a shot from Richarlison. It's a cross to Calvert-Lewin, and Leno just bumbles it. Fumbles it. Terrible. Don makes a good run. I There's no explanation for it. It's just a fumble. Uh, VAR check, of course, for the offsides. When I saw it in real time, I wasn't excited at all because I thought he was off. Um, yeah. But look, they do the check the same way. Uh, I, I, It is what it is. Uh, and, and frankly, if you really want to compare the two incidents, the prior incident was such a joke of a dive, it almost didn't deserve it. But look, I mean, so maybe we didn't get a deserved goal. So what? My heavens, we get a little bit of luck. Um and then, you know, really, I, I got to give us some credit here. I mean, yes, we conceded a lot of possession for the 75th on, but I mean, I, there really weren't too many chances that scared me. You know, we brought on Tom Davies and then Yeri, uh, which gave me some sense of comfort, even though I, I don't I don't think we're I just don't like our shape when we're playing in a back three for some reason. Yeah. I, I, I think the guys on the on the sides there's still gaps there, you know, which is strange because you've got five. I don't know if it's, we're not compact enough or I don't know what it is, but they almost got an equalizer in extra time uh, by Martinelli. Uh, he did a really good job. I mean, it was an aggressive pass by Thomas party, uh, which shows you what party can do when he plays a little bit higher. I think that's a better place for him if they had more of a sitting six on Arsenal, but I, they don't, he does a good job. I mean, it's hammered to him, but he keeps it in front of him. And then it's kind of funky how the ball almost gets back to him because Coleman's kind of on him. And, you know, he, he hits it hard. Pickford does a really good job with a low save. Pickford may have been slightly off offline a little bit maybe, and that may have made it look a little more difficult. But I thought he did really well with it. Um, it, it would have been a tough, tough goal. But other than that, I mean, I thought we closed it out pretty darn well. Yeah, we did. And then just uh, t- to wrap things up, of course, uh, there was the Leno Fallon Allen in the box oh, yeah. trying to win uh, <laughs> the, the header, which was like an old uh, Madden video game truck stick moment. It was just comically. Yeah, like, you think we didn't see you, different that, size. you know, yeah. with your height and all the gloves and stuff on? I mean, really? Yeah. <laughs> Suck out like a sore thumb. And that was basically it. And we saw the game out three points, as we've said time and time again. So Let's uh, let's get some listener reactions in here, Ryan. We had uh, Tim Bridal start us off. Uh, Leno fumbled the ball like Cronky fumbled the bag, which I really liked the comment. <laughs> Rough week for the Cronkies in ownership of Arsenal. Uh, you have to think that, at least in my mind, the rumors of uh, one of the big six owners looking to sell, to me, they're probably first on that list. Um, but mm, time maybe. will tell. I mean, the protest outside the stadium, you could hear fireworks at one point, too. Yeah. Players were asked questions up front. Some people accused them of not being up for it, which I don't know if that's true, but I could see that. Um, Sean Khan at King Khan 225, uh, frequent contributor. To all those that said we didn't get invited to the Super League, the double against Arsenal, four points, including an FA Cup win against Spurs, four points from Liverpool, three points from Chelsea in all seriousness. This was one of the must-win games, and the job was done. Yes. Yes, sir. It was. Um, but Andy Watt at What a Wild World, it wasn't pretty. Yeah, you got that right, too. <laughs> it was very December. That's an interesting call, isn't it? Yeah. Takes the guy that lives in the Great White North to make that observation, right? Like, December Indeed. up there, you don't play, you don't play this game. <laughs> you don't do anything. Skate. Go skiing. Um, it was fortunate. There was luck, but we were solid. We put in a shift. We limited chances. True. Job done. Three points on the road at a place we never get three points. Hard to pick out anyone, really. Kudos to the save by Pickford at the end. Yeah, it was a good one. And then last but not least, we had a great comment. Great quote from Casey Griffin at C underscore Griff 314. Little Martin Luther King Jr. coming at you. The arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. I really like that a uh, little bit of luck after things going against us for the last few games. We're quoting a lot of people recently. I mean, we quoted Mark. I know Twain you got Mark day. Twain. We're very uh, Jerry Tarkanian. Guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the shark chewing on his towel. I mean, that's the height of sophistication, yeah. right? Uh, player performances. Um, all right, Hamas, you up first, man. Who, who, what about Dominic Calvert-Lewin up top? Let's talk about the guys up top first. Yeah, I thought Dominic Calvert-Lewin honestly had a had a good game given the fact that he had basically zero service. I mean, he had 23 touches, 12 touches in the first half, 11 in the second half. For having 
basically none of the ball. I thought he still did pretty well. I mean, we we're playing it up long to him early. He ended up winning four out of eight aerials. I assume most of them were within the first like 20 minutes or so. And I just wanted to give him a little bit of credit for the work he did off the ball, given the lack of service. It can be very frustrating when you're a striker. His only real chance came very early on, and yet he stuck with it off the ball and applied some good pressure at times to Arsenal. And he might be getting back into fitness a little bit, too, maybe. Um, I I thought Richarlison, despite the good save by Lino, I I thought he was pretty dangerous at times. Again, you know, you just want to get these guys more touches. And, I mean, the problem lied still in, in our ability to get the ball into the difficult into our players that create difficulty for other teams he's playing on the right you know um his defensive work was phenomenal i mean three tackles three interceptions is a ridiculous contribution from a guy who's playing right mid um four for four and dribbles i mean he was the only guy out there that was really a threat to go by anyone uh that's a problem with this team um you know we said it before when you know richarlison's the only one out there doing it Wobi can do it a little bit but other than that i mean there's not really anyone you'd point to that's going to blow by anyone or beat him and create a shot and the problem is he's playing on the right so he's not really creating shots on his strong foot um he was dispossessed a couple times he had a couple bad touches but really he was the main threat you know he made the through ball to coleman even if he was offsides it looked dangerous his shot was good. He could have got a shot assist too if Calvert Lewin jumped on it uh, and got the goal. Deserved or otherwise, he still made a phenomenal play to create the chance to begin with. So I, I think Richarlison played a darn good game again, considering his defensive contributions and the lack of service. Totally agree. Next up, uh, we also had Allen. Two tackles, two fouls, one an aerial, one key pass. I thought he was really composed. He brought a lot of stability to the midfield as he has done for so much of the season. With the guys around him not being all too defensively minded, I think he he really took on a lot of responsibility protecting that defense. Um, and given that he might be the fastest of our midfielders, maybe Kilfi could beat him in a foot race. Uh, <laughs> That's not but, good. You know, he had to cover a lot of ground, and there were a couple times that Arsenal were trying to break where he recovered really nicely and uh, helped us protect ourselves from the counter um, and, and three of four on the long ball. So displaying a little bit of that passing range, which is really nice to see, especially because of course we'll talk about it in a second, but uh, Hamas's passing range was nowhere to be found today. Yeah. And Alan was playing on that yellow for a long time too. Uh, he was also dealing with Andre who I don't think was particularly great. Um, uh, Gilfie was okay today. You know, I, he, he, again, it's hard to really judge the attacking guys when they didn't have as many chances on the ball. The free kick looked dangerous. Um, service was fine and his defensive contributions were outstanding so i mean i thought he was all right um but in terms of you know davies came on a little bit late for the midfield to really impact we saw delf was we already commented on him um hopefully he's better equipped to deal with the time next match um but what about some of the other guys that were standouts and we already talked about holgate thought he was a little reckless Seamus didn't do much defensively got forward a couple times, but I mean, he had a tough job today. I mean, he, he was never totally rinsed. I felt like, but he was struggling with Pepe and, and needed help to do it. Not that that's, it just goes to show you, man, this team with the player, that's truly a right-sided player that can score off the left and a right back. That is a physical mismatch for people that someone that can really like that. Pepe is not pushing around Boy, it would just transform this team, I really think. Maybe another midfielder. Um, I, I thought, though, probably most of the attack that came from open play, Luca Dean was our most dangerous player, and, and defensively, he was phenomenal today. Yeah, un- unbelievable stats for, for Dean today. I mean, he had the highest pass percentage on the team. Yeah, took care of the ball. Percent. Yeah, really, uh, really good passing. Couple aerials won. He really took Saka out of the game, as we talked about earlier. One of their most dangerous threats and, and basically was silent for the majority of the match. Ended with a key pass as well for that Dom chance. Um, you know, for, for a defender who we rely on so much as part of our offense, he really is just such a two-way player that can do it on both ends. Um, and especially with Gilfie Sigurdsson being kind of in front of him in that half space on the left, we needed him to get forward to fill that void that Richarlison might normally occupy. So uh, uh, just, I mean, we give him praise often, but if you look at, you know, Saka's numbers, they tell a, a tale of what an effective defensive performance Dean had. Yeah, he, he's one of their most dangerous players. He's carried that in ties this year. I mean, Dean had six tackles, led the team. Saka's numbers, five times dispossessed and three bad touches. And Dean was all over him uh, and really neutralized him for the most part. Ben Godfrey had a good match too. Um, 
you know, the concern I had with Holgate and Godfrey playing was the lack of aerial presence. And again, that, that this is probably the team you could get away with it against, you know, they're not going to be serving the ball up from deep and, and it could have played out at one point. Imagine if we had a more athletic midfield, you could play these guys behind it. Real, I mean, really put some pressure on teams. Um, Go ahead. You're going to say something. Uh, I was going to say, I imagine it every day, but it hasn't (laughs) happened yet. Right. Exactly. Um, Yeah. I mean, Godfrey had three tackles, two aerials, one interception, five clearances Um, in the box. He was reliable, tough. Um, You know, he, he made it difficult. And the thing is, it's hard because he was occupied a lot. So he couldn't necessarily help out on Pepe. Uh, That was mostly held uh, to Richarlison, but um, look, I mean, the last, you know, after the 75th minute, after we scored, he was instrumental, you know, coming out on people, closing down lanes and stuff. And I, I thought he definitely had a good match. And look, I thought Jordan Pickford, although he didn't have too much to do today, I think what they had like three shots on target, I think. Um, yeah, he had two saves, I think. Distribution was eh, a little iffy. Uh, a couple decent passes here or there, which, you know, to his credit, though, he's dealing with some pressure. Um, but he did come up big on those saves. I mean, the, the shot by Ceballos was not the easiest one to handle, and he handled it very capably. And the last save on, on Martinelli was absolutely just absolutely critical. So um, kudos to him. He had a good game. You know, he did what was asked of him, for sure. Yeah, and we had uh, Andy Sieja at Schmub, S-C-H-M-U-B-B. Two Bs. With this comment, two Bs, double B. Uh, I feel like our defense is pretty outstanding and consistent. Had a rough one last week, but good teams have trouble getting clean shots. Pickford looks much more focused and humble after his injury. It's been uh, Pickford's been better for quite some time now, Ryan. We've given him a lot of flack. I don't know what we we didn't put the XG in. I don't know what it's looking like for this match, but um, we know he had finally at one point flipped his uh, post shot XG numbers and it was outperforming. Um, it seems like he's got his head on right. He got a new haircut. He looks a lot sharper. And uh, does he? You have you didn't notice? Oh, I noticed the haircut. I don't know if he looks sharper or not. XG philosophy's got at Arsenal 0.82 and Everton 0.63. So okay. it's about right. I mean, most yeah. of their shots were outside the box. I mean, I think what was our number? Um, I don't think they had anything inside the six, although we didn't either. Um, yeah, uh, well, they did have 64% of their shots in the 18, although I feel like they were right around the 18, mostly, um, three shots on goal, three shots on goal at 0.82, you know, and some of the other shots, I mean, it's not bad. And some of the shots are decent quality too. I wonder if the, um, the actual, you know, the factoring in the shot, the post shot XG is a little bit higher. My only problem with that comment is yes. At times you think, oh, we're good. We can close out games. Our defense looks really good and then you kind of start to look at the numbers and you're like you know the stats wise (laughs) this year it's not great i mean we're like 11th i think and expected goals against yeah uh giving up you know a lot of shots that maybe aren't high quality but it's just yeah uh i I, there's a lot we need to do going forwards i I still maintain that I, i think a more solid right back will free up our center halves to kind of have the right numbers and the right scenarios and maybe they'll play a little bit better, but I mean, ultimately it's the midfield. I mean, you can't really expect to be fantastic defensively when you haven't really had anyone capable of being a shield half the year. Yeah. And do we talk about Hamas at all, Ryan, because clearly as we already mentioned, not his best day. I think, I think the midfield in general, those guys, just none of them can really beat a man off, off the dribble. And so there was so much of cutting the ball back and looking to play it backwards um james really did try to do some stuff today and it just wasn't successful look he's been our best player this season by a mile that bad do you i mean yes i agree Uh, he didn't create a whole lot but i mean yeah three for four long balls i mean he he, you know he his passing percentage was high i mean a lot of those are short rinky dink passes but he was the only the problem is that he got dispossessed a couple times i mean normally he's so strong on the ball he's hard to knock off Part of that maybe that John Moss was giving him absolutely nothing. Uh, they were trying to hatchet him a couple of times. He probably hung on to it too long. Maybe should have released the ball earlier. I, th- yeah. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. It was not his best game. I mean, he may be our best player, but yeah, I agree. Not not as I, I think he probably dwelled on a little bit too much today, if anything. That's fair. Yeah. And and that's honestly, I think, covers pretty much all our bases here. Ryan, do you have any final thoughts? We finally I, I would like to say just before. 
finally through this wild stretch of like Monday, Friday games, which I'm thrilled. We play Saturday next week, back to normal routine. It should be great. Is it normal? Cause I thought we got a new game scheduled like two days after to play Sheffield or whatever uh, it is. Freaking yeah, ridiculous. Right. I mean, who does that? It's absolute garbage, man. For 48 hours in the middle of like a European I just, it's really frustrating. It is what it is. Uh, man of the match, Hamas. Man of the match. Yeah, I'm going with Allen. I thought that he did so well kind of piecing the midfield together as well as his passing range, which was really refreshing. Finally, have the opportunity to play the ball forward. He had that nice through ball to Richarlison and then the nice long ball also to Richarlison, which resulted in the goal. So a, a really influential presence in midfield, and he really stood out to me today. He's the one guy that doesn't seem phased by the pressure and whatnot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he really is commanding back there. He, he, I, I, he again, he's still kind of getting back up to speed. Um, he's an awfully good player. I thought you saw more of his creative side today. Uh, I'm going Luca Dean. I, I just thought that the job he did bottling Saka, um, he was a threat a couple times with crosses. He took care of the ball. You know, maybe he didn't get forward as much as he wanted to, but he took care of the ball when he did. Um, I mean, six tackles leads the team. I mean, Saka, five dispossessed, three bad touches. He was all over him, and that's their key guy or has been for a while. So I, I think Luca Dean, if anyone, is really responsible for the defensive efforts um, and, you know, kudos to him. And maybe it's just because I feel like we never we never call him the player of the game or player of the match, man of the match. But I thought he deserved it today. Um, parting shots. That's all I got on the match today. I mean, it was it was ugly. The Not riveting. In. Not riveting. No, it wasn't. It was it was almost boring at times, unfortunately. But look, the three points are key. I'm just happy that there still is a sliver of hope that we sneak into Europe. I still think it's it's a possibility. It may all come down to that last game against Man City, honestly. And if at that point they've clinched the title, it's going to be a very interesting final day. Um, but we've got our, our work cut out for us before then, of course, to position ourselves there. And other teams have to help us out. Yeah, we look at it. I mean, we, we still have a game of hand against Tottenham. I mean, that's kind of the one. And as much as I don't want to go into the Europe 2 competition, Europa League 2 thing, I mean, it is Europe. You know, it's not not nothing. Europa League Junior. Well, yeah. Is that, is that what people are calling it, man? <laughs> that's, that's what just, I'm calling it. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll uh, dock some of these guys' points. I will say this, though. Uh, beating Arsenal today, you know, considering we have a game at hand and now we're six points clear of them, We'd have to really tank it, I think, to fall back. I mean, if we're going to play that badly, we're not making Europe anyway. You know what I mean? Um, Liverpool, we know. We did the segment where we talked about schedules. They've got a relatively easy one. Um, boy, I'll tell you what. You look at it. Three points away from West Ham, and we still got them. I mean, that's one you look at, and you think, God, can West Ham finally start to fall apart? We've seen a couple injuries. They've been fairly injury-free all gear, except for Declan Rice went down. It's a shame they beat Wolves. I mean, that was God's very fortunate Lester dropped the ball on him, but they finally dropped one. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. I mean, you start to look at the matches and you start doing it in your head, you know, but have we found out so far this team, this Everton team, it, it almost doesn't really matter, you know, who we're playing in terms of how the results go. But look, we've gone through a lot of tough teams and we got Villa, we got West Ham, we got Sheffield, we got Wolves, and we got Man City. I mean, it's going to be hard, but and boy, I'd love to have Decore for at least that last one. I know, um, and that, but it is nice that we do have basically everyone fit. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Uh, yeah, I, and look, um, Villa is a different challenge. You know, they're going to counter and they're going to sit back. Um, you kind of know what they're going to do. Like for me, if I'm a player going into a match where I'm confident, I kind of know what they're going to do. I'm going to feel a little bit better about things. I think West Ham's the same way at least we're playing Sheffield on two days rest. You know, if it was anyone else, I'd be a little bit more concerned. We'll see how it goes. You know, I mean, it's going to be next weekend is just so important. You know what I mean? If we took three points against Villa, you know, you look at some of the other matches kind of that week. I mean, things would get very, very interesting. Yeah. And we, so we did a toffee TV not too long ago with the remaining schedules. Obviously some of those games check it out. passed now, but definitely check it out. Also be sure if in case you missed it, check out our most recent episode before this one, we did a huge super league reaction with the pod father himself, Alex Johnson. He's back. But he is back. Um, but that is going to do it for us on this post match. Thank you so much as always for listening. If you want to find all of our social media links, as well as the link to our discord, which you should join. You can find all that at linktr.ee slash USA Toffee Pod. Otherwise, please leave us a review and rating on your podcast platform of choice. 
check out our stuff on toffee tv and we'll be with you next time until then up the toffees